1: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn.
0: Welcome back to the sports complex on a Friday afternoon on a big Friday show. You know, we'll be talking more about Texas and BYU. That line has blown up to 20 points that Texas is favored by on Saturday. We'll get you some talk about other college football scores, other NFL scores, a little uh, world series talk, a little. NBA talk all that coming up on the show today giving you tons and tons of predictions tons of previews all of that coming up today on the show Uh, we will also give you up to Vandergrift football at 645 tonight Uh, give you up to them but until then uh, remember the text line is open 512-447-3776 512-447-3776 the text line is open you guys drive the show we just try to keep it on the rails and if you know on Fridays, we like to have our friend Jacob Standard come into the studio and uh, share with us some of his insights and some of his predictions for the show. So we'll please welcome uh, Jacob. How you doing today, brother?
2: I'm doing great, Patrick. It is Friday. We finally made it. It's been a long week, but we are here. It is the end of the day Friday, and I'm ready to roll.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it's its been a long, long week, uh, you know, uh, but we, we are at Friday. We're getting closer to Saturday in which we get to watch football all day. And then Sunday where we get to watch football all day. And, you know, our, the Texans were off and the Cowboys were off. So we didn't necessarily get to see uh, as much Texans and Cowboys as we were like last week. We get to see them again this week. Except I don't know if we're going to see uh, all Texans fans will get to see the Texans. Because I believe they're both on Fox. Uh, if anybody on the Tex line knows if we'll see it. I I could probably reach out to somebody over Fox. I think I have that amount of poll now. But I don't know. And figure out if. at our local Fox affiliate. Not, I don't know I don't if. I don't know if national Fox poll, but you know local Fox affiliate poll, uh, and ask them. But I, I'm I, I'm pretty sure that they will mean that the Texans game will not be on TV, which hasn't been a problem for Texans fans for five six years. I don't know. It's been a, it's uh, maybe been a little bit longer than that. It's. I feel like there was a point where where we were delusional that we were going to be okay, like six years ago, like when I yeah you I think mean so? well I know the one where when Patrick Mahomes is in the league. Because that's that's the point where the Texans make the playoffs, go up by you know twenty something points on on uh, the Chiefs, and then it just goes straight downhill from there. Uh, and it's not even, like the game is over by halftime, and it wasn't over for the Texans. It was it was brutal. I was yeah, so was... cocky for the shortest amount of time in life. You never. Oh, I bet. It's it's like imagine hitting two grand slams, and then immediately like before like you then you're like i'm gonna go get a beer and you come back and you're like we're down we're, down. <laughs> we're losing, <laughs> we're, we we're up eight to zero in the first and how are we losing right now <laughs> i was
2: gonna leave
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like i was already making play now it's a yeah you oh know, yeah that was kind of what that game was and then it was never even close again but uh let's get to some uh texas football talk uh, as we get closer uh this is one of the storylines and i know it's Hey, we, someone texted in about this yesterday about the, the Vegas line. And, and so it started out when I looked at it on Wednesday, it was 17 and a half. So it may have even started lower than that. Uh, it's all the way up to 20 now, which someone texted in, like, doesn't that just mean money's coming in? It does. It means money's coming in, not necessarily that Vegas believes that it, the Tex will be doing better. It means that people that are betting and people that are big money bettors and people that are, you know, sending stuff out for the betting services that have lots of subscribers that all bet, are all saying, man, Texas is going to cover. Texas is going to cover. Take that money. Take that money because that means more and more money is coming in on Texas, which surprises me because they did not cover, did not come close to covering against Houston last week, did not look great, and now Quinn yours is out and your starting quarterback is out. And even if you want to say Malik Murphy has all the potential, and I believe he does, it is still his first start At at, at a Power 5 school with a very good, uh, you know, uh, playing against another Power 5 school that has had Texas number. He's also coming off where he was hurt at the end of his high school football career. He was hurt a lot of his redshirt freshman. Like, he hasn't played enough snaps to feel completely comfortable that he's just going to walk in and in the first quarter be able to put up 21 points. Now, I think as the game goes on, he could improve and and. You know, you can see it'll get a little bit better, but it is crazy to me to see that number continue to grow just because apparently there's people that are are very confident that Texas is going to handle this BYU team. Does it seem weird to you that I would have been thinking that the number would have been shrinking throughout the week with the Lake Murphy news that or with with the news that that coin yours is, is definitely out. And I would have thought it shrunk that people thought maybe betting, well, Texas doesn't really cover. They haven't been playing. Like they don't cover as well. They, they win, but winning and covering are two different things. Are you surprised that number?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely am. That's kind of been the discussion about Texas all year though. Right. Is good teams win. Great teams cover. And so it just – that number going up, increasing in size, just lets me know that the Kool-Aid is getting a little more potent with the potential of Malik Murphy because of what people saw in the spring game. Um, Yeah, I am a little surprised that it's going up, though, because Texas has not proven so far this season that they are a for-sure cover week in and week out.
0: It is. Sark spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, One of the things he talked about was – The, you know, he says who the starting uh, quarterback is going to be at the beginning of this clip and then kind of goes into the confidence he has that he still believes that this is a quarterback that you may not have to pull back the playbook too much. I'll play another sound a little bit too uh, of Sark kind of saying, look, we're not going to have to pull back all of this playbook. We don't have to. This is still going to be a team that goes. And and while you do want to, you know, be careful, you do want to, you know, try and make the playbook a little bit easier for him. You don't necessarily have to pull everything out. You're start talking about the quarterback and the confidence he has in Malik Murphy. Uh,
1: Yeah. Malik's going to start Saturday. Um, I was going to say it in the opening, but I figured let's see how many questions I can get in before somebody kind of confirms it. So anyway, that was kind of fun. Uh, You know, Malik. Yeah. Malik's going to start Saturday. Um, uh, You know, what did I learn Uh, that they, that they had the ability to continue to do what they've been doing. And that's, prepare really well. Um, I think, again, they've got great rapport with Coach Uh, Milley. I think one thing that I probably learned maybe a little more about, which I felt going in, is that they've got great rapport with their teammates. I think their teammates want these guys to play well you know if and or when their numbers called. I think naturally all the players know. Hey, Malik's making his first career start. We need to play well around him. You know that's 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 you know that's naturally for anybody. There's going to be some excitement in his bones and in in his veins to to want to go play good. Let's make sure we play well around him. Um, but the rapport that those guys have with their teammates, I, I think, is is one that's that's real. Um, I thought they both had uh, good weeks of preparation. I'd say today. You know, I said a couple of weeks ago that that Arch arguably had his best practice since he's been here. I would say today was Malik's best practice since he's been here, and uh, that's a good that's a good thing for us. That as the week's gone on, his game has elevated, uh, his understanding of the game plan has elevated, um, his comfort level of managing all the things we do at the line of scrimmage um, has elevated, and I think his confidence has elevated because of it. And and he had a really
0: good practice today. So if we are able to look at that, that we believe Malik Murphy is able to come into practice on Monday, knowing what's happening, coming in in the game, just take it all in. Jacob, to you, what is kind of the biggest worry you have for Malik Murphy starting? Because I don't feel like I talked about this with Rod yesterday when they were on the show with us that. It, you know there's it feels different than most of the times when a backup quarterback comes in and you go oh we're screwed it doesn't have any of that you feel completely confident that Blake Murphy can do the job and he can go in there however it is still a young man going in playing in front of a gigantic uh crowd who is going to be you know on bated breath with every single move he makes and if he has a three and out early does the crowd start to you do hear the murmurs and if he you know airmails a ball on a long pass and sends it 10 yards past and everybody lets out that sigh. Are those things that kind of worry, it will worry me a little bit? I mean, and again, I, none of these are worries that I'm sitting here saying, oh, no, season's over. They're just little things of if we're going to break down what's happening in this game. If you're BYU and you're trying to attack certain things, I think these are the things you want to attack for Texas is trying to get into Malik Murphy's head a little bit by getting him off time getting him off, trying to make him make big plays. Is that kind of what you're thinking too?
2: Uh, Actually, I'm really not as worried about Malik Murphy stepping into this game as some Texas fans may be. Uh, I think Malik Murphy's been here. This is the moment he's been waiting for. Uh, He didn't leave for a reason, right? He likes it here. He wants to develop here under Sark. Um, I think he's going to be prepared for this moment, and honestly – I expect fireworks early because I don't think Sark's going to shy away from using his big arm. Uh, there might be a few less QB scrambles because Malik's not quite the athlete that Quinn was, but he's got the arm talent to hit every throw on the field. I don't think the concerns for Texas are going to come from Malik Murphy in this game.
0: No, I agree with you. I And that's what I'm saying. I don't, I'm not overly worried, but that's a good point that he did not leave because he was ready to come in and thought this opportunity. That's a great point. And, and I think that's kind of where Sark is with this too. Uh, Sark did talk about staying aggressive and you can't change up your playbook too much and we'll play we'll play some sound too of Sark talking about Jonathan Brooks and what he's brought and the fact that you have a Jonathan Brooks makes it everything a little bit easier even still. but you know if you're Texas and Sark calls one type of game, you know even though he may have not called it great last week, you still want to have him have his playbook open. you still want to have him where he doesn't fall into his very conservative not creative play calling. Here's Sark talking about staying aggressive with with a backup quarterback in the game.
1: Um, you know, I I try to recruit players to come here that that fit our system, and I I think for us, you know, systematically, I want to run our plays and and our schemes of exactly who we are, and if I didn't think those players were capable of of doing that at at any position, most notably quarterback then they might not be the right fit for, for what we do. And so I think both Malik and arch are great fits for, for us schematically. Um, again, everybody has their own strengths and, and weaknesses. And then our job is to try to play to their strengths. So we're going to run our stuff. Um, and again, you know, but, but tailor some things to what Malik does well. Um, but again, we, we, we've we got a firm belief in in who we are and what we do and why we do. And I think that's why sometimes in training camp and different things, we may have tough days at quarterback, um, but that's because we put a lot on them and there's a lot of moving parts to, to what we do. But I have to do that in practice and in training camp and in spring ball so that they can get experience doing what I know we're going to want to do on game day.
0: And that's where for Texas, you have to appreciate the fact that they have kind of put him already in this situation, and they've tried to get him ready and that he's had a year behind uh, Quinn Ewers already, and he's had a year where even if he wasn't playing, he could kind of sit back and see, which sometimes helps you out even more, that you can just sit back and see where he was injured and wasn't available for those times when Hudson Card was coming into the games. He he saw all of that, and he, he saw his opportunity. With, this, with Blake Murphy, though, you have to stay aggressive – we talked about it a little bit yesterday. What's your leash for Malik Murphy? What at what point do you start to think, okay, we may have to think about a quarterback change? He may not be ready. The moment may be too much for him right now, and he just needs to sort of sit back and process. At what point for you, Jacob? Do you start to think, all right, we need to you know kind of rein back the leash, start handing the ball off some more, just kind of pull it back? Is it is it a, a, multiple turnovers? Is it you know not moving the ball multiple times in a row? Is it? you know, taking sacks and not getting rid of it, what is it for you that is the, okay, we have to stop, we have to kind of look at this?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. For me, what it comes down to is it's not turnovers specifically, but hesitation. So if we have like a Justin Field situation, right, where we can go back and look at it, you know, you're looking at the play on replay, and you've got two receivers running open on that side of the field, but he's not trusting what he sees and letting that ball fly, I think that's kind of where you start to kind of rein that leash in a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. That's that is somewhat more of what you have to worry about is him sitting in the pocket. That to me too is just young guy. And Quinn Ewers had that a lot. And yeah. I think I think for him being able to run kind of helped him out of that in points where he felt okay. I missed the read, and it's just all it is is you look over and you go, well, that read. I if I threw, if I saw it earlier, but I, I spent too long on read number one. I, I that to me is, and I think that's fixable. Uh, I think you have to rely on Jonathan Brooks in this game. And I know we asked earlier in the week, we asked everybody on the text line, 512-447-3776. We asked you guys what you want to do, see in the uh, percentage of pass plays and percentage of run plays. And, you know, you see a lot of people saying 50-50. Just kind of keep it the way Texas has been doing it. Some people want to go a little bit more. I'd like to see a little bit more run, but, you know, this is something where you need to see a creative run game also called. Sark will sometimes get into... Well, Jonathan Brooks can run, so we'll do any And he did it with BG and he did it with Roshan. Well, they'll kind of run the ball, and we won't necessarily use stunts and tricks and all this other stuff in the run game so that when we do out of passing, we can do that and we'll keep those plays for pass plays. You may need to kind of create a couple more things to get this run game really effective and trying to get some explosive plays. You like to see those as well. Uh, what percentage would you like to see of the pass run percentage?
2: I want it to be exactly the same. Um, I'm, I'm big on Malik's been here in this system, like I said earlier. I don't think you change much. I think you take a few of the QB runs out of the playbook, but I, I'm really confident in Malik Murphy's arm talent to uh, to make the throws that he needs to make. It's going to come down to the mental processing of the game in his first start. So uh, I'd like to see the percentages the same. Let's at least see if he's going to go out there and freeze or hesitate. Uh, and then we can kind of reassess from there and make some in-game adjustments on what the percentages need to be moving forward off of that.
0: I like it. Uh, you know, I, I disagree somewhat because I would, you know, I, I tend to be more on the side of, you know, babying being a quarterback a little bit more and just give him a little bit more time to get used to the speed of being in a game where people are trying to come and kill you. But at the same point, I can see the value in what you're saying as well. Uh, let's look at the other side of the ball real quick before we get to the big fat poll of the day. Uh, the other side of the ball is somewhat a bigger concern for this BYU offense has not been great. Sark talked about Slovis uh, and kind of what he brings. Here's what Sark had to say, and this is Sark trying to be as complimentary as he can be.
1: Well, the, the, the timing, right? I mean, he's, um, he's a guy that, that they've got good schemes, um, and, and he gets the ball out because, he's he's again, he's got a lot of experience. He's been around some really good schemes and coaches throughout his career from USC to Pitt now to BYU um, and then they they utilize a lot of different people, right they've got they've got multiple receivers they throw it to uh, the tight end is a definite factor. they utilize the running back in, in the past game and so you have to de- defend everybody. It's not like they're just throwing it to one guy. And then they've got multiple personnel groupings and and formations and motions and shifts. And so they tax you that way. And then when he can get his indicator on coverages, he can get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. And, he, and
0: he's got the skill
1: set to, to make all the throws.
0: So that's kind of the most complimentary look at this BYU offense. It's not great, but they try a lot of things. And if they work, they can make them work. So at Texas, you just basically have to stop the things you know they're going to do. You have to be able to communicate on defense. It's something we've drilled home now the in, you know, uh, he, we've talked about Ryan Watts being out. That's one of your more veteran players, Jalen Catalan being out, one of your more veteran players. You need some of these younger guys to step up and start communicating at a higher level in this game, because' it's going to be, it's going to be tough if you allow BYU to try and scheme up things to get you off of your back foot and get those crossing patterns and get you pushed off and, and screen passes. Don't expect any f- uh, calls on any screen passes because, you know, until they call it, they're going to keep running it. And if you're Sark and you see that happen two or three times, like it did against Houston, I you need to start running it yourself so that the you make the referees either let you get first down after first down and you even the playing field, or they call it and you can go, okay, I want to call it on there, and then it makes it have to be even. Those types of things are what you want to see. They didn't do that against Houston. Uh for you is the are you worried all about this BYU offense or is this a a good chance for this Texas defense to kind of get back into the right category?
2: A little bit. I am a little bit worried because the Cougars if they find the right concepts they can get going on offense with the passing game a little bit and the thing that worries me is something we've seen the starters even lack in sometimes is when they come out with a bunch formation or receivers group together real tightly and they all break different directions sometimes the communication breaks down and we let a guy kind of slip free because there was a miscommunication now we're rotating in guys that aren't used to really playing a whole you know with each other a whole lot we're gonna have uh more constant rotations of players, so the, the communication is going to have to be on point. That part kind of worries me a little bit, where we can maybe get caught slipping on a bunch formation with receivers breaking three different directions and a miscommunication happens and someone slips behind.
0: Yeah, and it is. And, and for those who don't know, that's one of the big problems with those bunch formations is that a safety is going to pick up one of those guys or a guy further back. And so you may have two guys up front. Those two communicate on who they got, but they leave out the guy behind them. And in reality, right. it's kind of like a center fielder in baseball. You have to let the guy behind you help call what's happening, so that he can get his guys. Well, you know, and you say, "Well, what way are they breaking?" And you just and one of those guys guesses wrong, or what way they break, and now he's two steps behind. All those things are just you have to communicate and continue to communicate throughout the play. They haven't done that great. Uh, let's get to Patrick's big fat poll of the day, though. Patrick's
1: big fat poll of the day on the
0: horn. All right. The blind is blown up to 20. The betting money is going on Texas to win and win big. So that would ask you though, let's let's look at it. What worries you most about this game? And I want to see if you guys have actual worries, if the worries is just the the intermediate passing range, which is something we know has been an issue, if it's still just the intermediate passing range, if you don't really have any worries about this game, is it starting a a uh, quarterback in his first start? What, what is it about this game that gives you a little bit of uh, trepidation? And then we'll, of course, get your uh, final score predictions as well. Send those in uh, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. Send in those uh, final predictions. That, and anything else you want to talk about, we see them coming in. We're going to take a break. When we come back, We will get into some of your texts. We will get into some college football scores. My man Jacob Standard with me on the show today. 512-447-3776 is the text line. Hit us up, and we'll be right back on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com.
2: The Sports Complex on the Horn
1: Another day had got me down Till little Susie came around I could see that I had a shot So I took it away Head over heels I started falling When I heard the sirens calling They got a lot to
0: sing about But not a thing to say Back on the Sports Complex On a 5-1-2 Friday Playing some tunes of local artists You can go check out Around Town this weekend This is the Soapboxers they are playing at Captain Quackenbushes down there on, I believe, South Congress. Maybe, maybe it's one of those Captain Quackenbushes. Though you can go check out the South, uh, the the Soapboxers playing tonight down there. Uh, let's get to uh, Let's get to some of your text. Text lines open 512 447 five one two four four seven three seven seven six. We are uh, asking you. And what worries you the most about this BYU game? It could be nothing. Just say nothing. Say, we're ready to go. I feel confident that I think we're going to fix the problems. I, I want to see that. I want to see there some more go. people with some faith in this Texas team. I know we got the text all week after Houston, and there's people that have been texting all week that our defense now may be the worst defense that they've ever seen. Even little league defenses could blow, like, you know, a five year old flag Come football on. team could throw a crossing route on this Texas team. Is what we've heard this week. So, Come on. so I just want to see that's if that's your worry that BYU's just going to do that and win the game, or what do you add, or if you just say, look, maybe we'll have a couple problems, but we'll still win and we'll still cover. It's in that end. I want to see that, or if you have a real legitimate thing, I'd love to know that too. Maybe we can work you through your fears. Before the game. Uh, and uh, and give us a final score prediction too. I'd love to see your guys final score predictions. For Texas and BYU. To see if they do cover that number that's 20 now. It may be, it may be full three touchdowns. By the time we get to the game. Uh, if it's already moved up to 20 in the last few days. It could move up another point before tomorrow. Uh, but send all that at 512-447-3776. Uh, we do have a text that says. Are there any Horn Sponsor Game Day events to, uh, uh, tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow there will be a Game Day event at... Uh, at Uh, at Mockingbird Saloon down there right by uh, right there on campus Mockingbird Saloon you can join uh, Aaron and Rod doing the pregame show from noon to two so go check them out tomorrow Uh, that'll be a fun uh, pregame show it always is it's a great way to start your day before you go down Uh, you know look it's a bar so there's probably not going to be a lot of BYU fans in there they'll probably be mostly Texas fans Uh, so you can go in there and enjoy and get Get a little rowdy before you go down there. I think Gary Clark Jr. is playing uh, Longhorn City Limits. I don't know if that's before or after. Is he really? But I believe he is playing this Longhorn City Limits. So that's another great event that you can go down and, and go get amped up and enjoy it. It's been a while since Texas has had a home game. Because technically yeah, it feels the Oklahoma- like forever, doesn't it? Because the Oklahoma game was technically a home game, but it just feels like forever since you've had that game. Uh, but it's good. It is now good to be back there. It feels like it's going to be a good time. Uh, against BYU. Keep texting those in. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. We have a we have a 50 uh run game uh run pass game plan. Ten different deep shots drawn up drawn up. I look I'd like to see uh I think there is gonna be some deep shots. Uh I like that we had someone text in yesterday that there was they thought the first play I think it's a second play. Just because of what Sark does more often that the first play is that run play and then the second play maybe a play action or something like that and just try and catch him off you know let, try and make them guess which one you're going to do and make him make them sit their guys way back because they know you're probably they know you this is BYU knows Sark as well as anybody those are his friends from college right so it is you know they they know they're like look this guy's going to try and throw it over the top he's got a guy that can throw the ball through the through the crowd at the back of the end zone if they, he if he just threw the ball away watch out cuz that guy's got a cannon um, you
2: know he's going to do it, though. You know he's going to do know it. He's he salivating over that arm. You know well, he And is. he
0: knows that he's like, look, Quinn Ewers, I had to kind of step back because he's got the arm to do it, but he doesn't feel as confident making that pass. So now I got somebody who wants to come in there. And as you said earlier, there's a reason he stayed. So you know yeah. he wants to throw that deep ball. And so you go, look, at least I got somebody who wants to go do this. So I'm sure there is some happiness. Uh, we get texts, heading to San Antonio with my dad to watch the Rockets. Your feelings on the game. I think the Rockets are going to be a little while before they get good. Uh, But look, both teams are not great, so anything can happen. Uh, I would say that I, I would have the Spurs winning this game. I think they're a little bit further along. At least they had a culture last year. As I said yesterday, that Rockets team was one of the worst teams I've ever watched play last year. Like just how hard it was to watch that team play. They just so disjointed, and it just looked like gym ball. Like It was just pickup games. That's what it looked like.
2: Cheap tickets, though. Cheap tickets allowed me to go to a few games, a few more games than I'm used to.
0: Yes, I can guarantee you in the game in San Antonio, not as cheap, <laughs> not as cheap. because <laughs> yeah, there's a guy there now <laughs> that uh, they felt they could raise the prices for.
2: Man, that's a fun team. They might be my guilty pleasure this basketball season. This, I enjoyed watching them. Yeah,
0: it'll be fun. They're playing tonight at 7 against the Rockets. Uh, we got a – does it matter who the QB is if the defense can't stop in intermediate routes like Houston did? So I say, we've been getting this – uh, all your, I look again. Houston used screenplays. That's what they did, and so it basically Sark likes to wanted to play his guys, and PK wanted to play their defenders further up. And you want to play up, but if you play up, and then you get run through, and you basically run two receivers right by each other, and one of the receivers kind of goes steps out of his route to make contact, or at least make you change your path. You're trying to either get a holding call, a pass interference, or get your guy wide open and Texas was trying to go over the top of them, which allowed a lot of catches. You you know it's coming, but I think one of the easiest game plan tricks to this is for Sark to do the same thing, and he just never went to it. But I think if you start doing it aggressively, then the refs have to start calling it both ways. So if you just take it on yourself and go, look, I'll take a penalty to then be able to prove my point and go, they're doing it too. So stop them from doing that. And right. like it's, it's an illegal play, now the refs don't call it, and they don't call it either way. Cool, just do it for the rest of the game, and we'll put up, we'll both score touchdowns every time. And you know, you can back off, and or I think you know Rod had a good point too, putting Jade Barron in some uh, some different situations, and going with some more speed guys as opposed to run coverage guys. I think if you use some more speed out there, it'll be a little bit easier to catch back up and break up some of those plays. You just have to play really aggressive. They didn't want to do it late in that Houston game, and it cost them. Once they got 21 0, they went into conservative mode and they needed to stay aggressive. But I do think they can clean up. I do think they can. We will see, though. Uh, one more text. and We'll get some picks and we'll get back to your text in the next segment. Uh, Bevo Angel says, I'd like to see 60 40 run heavy offense to start the game. And as soon as BYU adjusts to getting gash and starts to stack the line, then we up the, the deep passing and get to feature Malik Big Arm. I think that's kind of, that's more of my mindset. It is not necessarily Sark's. Sark tends to like to throw the ball to open up the run. So we'll see if he switches it for a first time quarterback, but I would assume he is going to try and throw the ball deep to open up the run. Because that is what he has done for the last two seasons. That's just, Yeah, I
2: bet we get three deep balls in the first quarter.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's now that also depends if we're picking up first downs. Because you get a lot less deep ball shots if you're three and out every time. Yeah, that's true. And so you do have to get some confidence going, but I do think we'll see I think we'll see at least three in the first half. I'll go with that. I'll say at least we get three in the first half. But I do think they throw some smaller stuff, too, just to, you know, just to change it up. You know, don't let them play. Stack the box and put three guys back and then basically let everybody happen over the middle because they know Sark's not going to call that. So you just have this giant gap. I, that's kind of how you can defend Sark a lot of times. Uh, but we will see how that goes. Uh, let's get to some college football picks. Text line's open. 512-447-3776. Any concerns or any strengths, anything where you go, we will dominate BYU because of this. Send that in. 512-447-3776. And I want to see some final score predictions. We'll get to those in the next segment. Because I got Jacob, we do make our picks uh, every week uh, for some college football, for some NFL. So I thought since we're here, let's do it again, Jacob. And let's start off with a Big 12 matchup, a matchup that is de- decisive, uh, divisive for Texas fans Because Texas fans keep wanting Oklahoma to lose. And that's not actually the best thing, I don't think. But Oklahoma is playing uh, Kansas. Oklahoma is a nine-point favorite. Uh, Jalen Daniels still out. Jason Bean to start. Uh, I know, Texas fans, you want to believe if Oklahoma loses, then that will help out Texas. They will jump Texas. Just remember that there is four college football playoff spots and five conferences. So even if. Texas goes on, and Oklahoma loses, and then you beat whoever in the Big 12 championship, and you're a one-loss team, and everybody likes you, but you only beat one real big good team, and that's Alabama. Alabama may jump you again if they go in and finish up their season because they're SEC, and the SEC, depending on what Georgia does uh, in these next few weeks, we'll get to that. And then Florida State will probably win out because they don't really play anybody, but they're, not, they're a pretender, but they're going to be undefeated. And then, you know, if Washington wins out, they deserve to be in. They've played some decent games. The Pac-12 has been really ranked high this year. If Washington wins out, they're in. So that's a Pac-12. You know, Ohio State or Michigan's getting in. So that's a Big Ten. So who gets knocked out? The SEC or the Big 12? Right. I I mean, I'm just telling you, the Big 12 doesn't have a lot of pull right now. So you kind of want Oklahoma to be in there and then Texas knock off Oklahoma and make it a big game, handle them at the end of the season, and get on and move up. I know it's weird, but you and you could look. And we could also hope Florida State loses and Georgia loses and Alabama like you could hope everybody loses and you're the only one lost, you know, you're the leading the one loss teams and everybody's got one loss. You could hope that too. But until the other teams fall off I'm just saying there's four college football playoff spots, the Big Ten is probably is pretty much locked into one with Ohio State or Michigan. Minus unless Michigan's cheating scandal gets way out of control. Uh without that, you say the I Florida State until they lose, they're on a they're on a path to it to be undefeated, and the SEC's probably got one. So and then it's Pac-12. If Washington wins out, they're definitely in. So you just you know until Washington loses, until Florida State loses, I don't know if I want Oklahoma to get that loss yet. That's just me. No,
2: yeah, as Texas fans, you're hoping Oklahoma pierces the top four before the Big Twelve championship if everything goes according to plan.
0: Yeah, you'd like to be four and five. And then you beat them and jump them at the very end. That's what you kind of like right. and get in. But, again, that's putting the cart before the horse because Texas still has to beat BYU. Texas still has to beat uh, TCU, Kansas State. They still have games to play. Texas Tech, you, they've still got games to play, right? Uh, yeah, no but, doubt.
2: And now you've got quarterback questions.
0: You so. do, you do. Well, I'm, And we're hoping you have good quarterback questions after this week. That's what I'm hoping. Right. I think we're all hoping. When Murphy makes it a quarterback controversy now, we go, oh, okay, we got two guys. And we don't even know Monday what our But they can does.
2: go one of two ways.
0: Yeah, and then Arch comes out and he goes, I'm better than both of them. (laughs) Uh, But so Oklahoma's a nine-point favorite versus Kansas. Do they cover the number? I think we both have them winning.
2: Sure. Yeah, no, I I like Oklahoma to cover the nine points on this one. Um, There's a lot of attention on this game. It's Fox's big noon kickoff. It's Kansas homecoming. No Jalen Daniels yet, but Jason Bean, 4-10 and five touchdowns last week against Oklahoma State. They still lost that game, though. Um, I think the Sooners cover, but I'm going to say just barely on this one. I'll take a 10-point win for Oklahoma on this. Yeah,
0: I think it's close until we get to the end. They backdoor cover. They backdoor cover several times this season. I, I see them doing that. I can, that that makes it easy enough that they're up three or seven and then put up another touchdown and win by 10, 14, something like that. So I'll have yeah. Oklahoma covering as well. Uh, number one, Georgia, a 14-point favorite. They're at Florida. Florida has had tons of problems this year. Not great. Uh, but they've won some games they're they're they have talent on the team uh they're in Florida they're at home and the big thing for Georgia is they've been going but they rely a lot on Brock Bowers and he is out how much does that affect them and does it affect them enough that they maybe lose this game or that this game's a little bit closer for comfort than they would prefer
2: so Georgia is still Georgia until proven otherwise. Yep. They've had a couple close calls against Auburn and South Carolina, but they generally don't play with their food and take care of business. Georgia's averaging 337 through the air and 172 on the ground while only allowing 262 yards of total offense on average. I think Georgia covers this number pretty easily.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I, I want to say that Florida will be able to hang into this because of Georgia kind of reeling. I think it's going to be close to 14, uh, I'll say Florida hits the that hits the cover. I don't think they are able to beat Georgia. But I think it's just going to be a little bit of a reel for Georgia. Uh, just kind of trying to figure out a new identity. And Florida seems like the type of team who could put a run into the and then screw it up at the end and lose. That just seems like Florida to me this year. Uh, so okay. I'll, I'll take Florida uh, to cover there. Uh, Oregon, six and a half point favorites over Utah. Uh, number eight Oregon versus number 13 Utah. Bryson Barnes. Uh, is getting to get going for utah now that they have ruled uh cam rising out for the season he will not return to the utah utes so uh oregon of course off a big loss last week six and a half point favorites it seems like a pretty good number there but can utah's defense and now that they understand that this is the team they're going forward with does that allow them to come in and get a big win what do you got here jacob
2: that's ultimately what this game comes down to, right, is do you trust Utah's defense to slow down that Oregon offense? Yeah. The Oregon Ducks lead the Pac-12 in scoring offense, total offense, and first downs. I think after 18 years in college, Bo Nix finally figured it out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do I do think Utah can slow them down, though. The The Utes have held opponents rushing attacks to 78 yards per game. They can give up some yards through the air, though. Um, I think if they can bend but not break, like Belichick's been famous for in the NFL a lot of times, if they can just take care of the red zone on defense and force them to field goals instead of touchdowns, I think Utah can keep it within that number. I'll take the Utes plus six and a half.
0: I like it. I'm going to take Oregon. I think they were mad last week. Uh, They're going to keep going for it on fourth down, but I agree with you. The passing defense for Utah, I think there's ways to get around it, Uh, and I'm not sure that As much as I like Bryson Barnes, I think it's going to be once the game starts to get a little bit more high scoring, I think that kind of knocks Utah down a notch. So I'll take Oregon uh, to cover six and a half, win by a touchdown. Uh, Number 20, Duke, is at number 18, Louisville. Number six, uh, their six-point favorite is Louisville. Uh, I have Duke not being able to stop the big play. I think Louisville is all about big plays and the one thing in Duke's defense that they are not great at is stopping big plays. They stop everything else. I think Louisville is able to get enough points on the board uh, on some explosive plays to win this game, uh, and uh, I'll say they cover. I'll say they win by seven, but it, it, that one's close. I know Louisville – I'm at Louisville to win. I'll give them the cover too.
2: Yeah, to me, the interesting matchup in this one is the Duke ground game against the Louisville defense. Duke gets most of their production on the ground, but Louisville holds opponents under 100 yards a game. Uh, ultimately – I think Duke does keep it close within that. I think it's a field goal game by the end of it, so I'll take Duke plus six in this one.
0: Yeah, I like that. Uh, Number 21, Tennessee, is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Kentucky. Uh, I have a Tennessee rebound game. They have a pretty good run defense at Tennessee. They were able to really slow down that uh, Alabama run offense last week. I think they're going to be able to get in there and slow down Ray Davis. Just slow him down, not stop him completely, but if you're able to slow him down, I don't know if this Kentucky – Uh, offense has enough firepower to compete with tennessee's firepower so i have tennessee covering three and a half what do you got here jacob
2: yeah i don't know if it's possible to completely stop ray davis Uh, that dude's an absolute monster on the football on the football field uh both teams coming off a loss though tennessee blew an early lead against alabama but kentucky lost by 17 to missouri after leading by 14 points that's a little different than giving up a lead to alabama I'm not excusing the Vol's loss, but it gives a little bit of context. Um, I'll take Tennessee minus three and a half in this one as well. All
0: right, and finally, number eleven Oregon State, a three-point favorite at Arizona. Why is this so close? Why are we saying this is the number eleven team in the country? They're playing a four and three Arizona, and we're like, nah, I did three points, man. This this Pac-12 may be a bit overrated in the rankings. I know I've said this it's about weird, isn't it? DJ Weungaleli. I can say his own. I can say his name now. But, there you go.
2: There you go.
0: <laughs> uh, they're a three-point favorite. I don't get this. And then everybody's like, "It's going to be a tough one." And this feels like this feels like a Big Twelve matchup that we are talking about. If this is a tough one for BYU, but Texas is a twenty-point favorite against BYU, so this feels like the same kind of thing. I know Arizona is not awful, but but if you're number eleven in the country, shouldn't you be able to handle Arizona? That was my first
2: thought when I saw the number two. It makes you think, what do the books know that we don't know? It yeah. feels like they're kind of hiding one in plain sight on you. Uh, Uyongalele, fifteen TDs on the season already, and their offense is perfect in the red zone. Eighty-four percent of those trips end in touchdowns. Something doesn't smell right with this. I'll take Arizona money line at home because I think this is a trap.
0: You think it's a trap? Yeah. I like. I like. It, it does feel like it, doesn't it? But I'm gonna say. Oh yeah. Look, I'm gonna say, put your entire house on the trap. That's not (laughs) – don't do that. Do not do that. Don't listen to any of my advice. That's a terrible idea. This is not advice. (laughs) This is not advice. This show is for entertainment value only out of whatever disclaimers we need. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to get into uh, your text, 512-447-3776. Do you have any worries about this BYU game, or do you have anything that you think is your hot take of why Texas is going to handle BYU and cover that 20-point spread? Also, final score predictions, send those in as well, 512-447-3776. We're going to get some NFL at the top of the hour. So if you got some NFL takes or NFL questions or any of that you want to hit up, uh, send those in as well. We're going to get to your text when we come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
1: The Sports Complex Afternoons 5 to 7 of The Horn.
0: Back in the Sports Complex here on a Friday afternoon. It's a 512 Friday playing local music. You can go check out around town this weekend. This is the West Texas Exiles. They will be playing Saturday at Saxon Pub. If you want to go check out a show after the game uh, tomorrow, you can go check out the West Texas Exiles at Saxon Pub. That's where they will be playing. Uh, Let's get back to the text line. 512-447-3776. Of course, Jacob Standard joining us on the show today as well, giving you some insight and some uh, I have some some views that are other than my own on a show, it's nice on a Friday to get a different opinion. Back on the text line, uh, clo- Coach Coach Schlicky, uh, 33 to 17, Texas hook them, so not a cover there, but a good win. Uh, Nate says, "I think we struggle again." Nate, you got to give your predict. Come on, you can't just say struggle. I want to know how many points win. Come on, Nate.
2: Have some conviction. <laughs>
0: Uh, Chan says, the fear of Coach Steven throwing the long bomb because of Malik's cannon arm instead of running the ball, running screens, and intermediate passes, 65% run. Special teams needs to play an important role. It's going to be a close game. I agree on special teams, Chan, uh, I but we, he is going to throw the ball. Just under – the the thing is, can he get guys open and can he scheme guys to get him in the right place and can he, you know, disguise those deep balls enough that it gives Malik Murphy a shot and he's not throwing into double coverage? though that's the question if he's not throwing into double coverage i don't mind it as much it's when he goes let's throw the deep ball and he did what he did to quinn last year which was continue to just go just throw it to xavier worthy just throw it over there he'll go get it and you go well he's smaller than the two guys he's going against i don't know how he's going to win this 50 50 ball all the time uh so we'll see but i i think he is going to throw it i that is that may not that may that's not an unfounded fear there chan uh day drinker 77 says malik starts slow then balls out Forty two to eighteen. Like that one? All right. Uh, we get a one that says Pac twelve plays nobody. Look, you can say that all you want. They got five or six ranked teams. And Big Twelve has two. in Texas. So if you want to say yeah. the 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 people who are the decision makers believe the Pac twelve is playing is a very stacked conference this year. They had more people ranked in the top twenty five than any other Power Five conference. So that should tell you that. The decision makers believe that the Pac-12 is now USC taking two big hits definitely puts a hit on uh, a hindrance on that. If, if Oregon state loses to Arizona, that puts a hindrance on it. Uh, you still have Oregon versus Utah. I, it'll They'll separate each other a little bit more before the end of the year, but people believe the Pac-12 is a, uh, is a real conference this year. Uh, As Texter says, Arizona lost to good teams. I I don't know why that's a – it just doesn't make sense that it's that close. If it was even a seven-point – feels weird. If it was seven points even, i go, okay, well, you just put it that, you know, maybe it's going to be a little bit closer than you think. But three still just seems low. And it's not like Arizona
2: is a perennial powerhouse where people are going to be just dumping money into it just because it's Arizona.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, plus, trust me, they're watching basketball. Arizona's basketball right. school, man. They're watching <laughs> right. basketball.
2: That's what they thought. That's what happened.
0: They thought it was a basketball <laughs> they game. They thought. Uh, uh, Nate says 30 to 24. Okay. Okay, Nate. Put up there at six-point win for Texas. Uh, Chief Engineer says, uh, I appreciate the team needs uh, ads, but I find myself walking around saying every nook and cranny from the Bud Light ads. uh, <laughs> uh guy, but I never thought about ping pong so much. I get that. We play everybody close. 34 to 24. Uh, on that one from chief engineer uh, so another not cover we don't have a lot of covers so far in the picks uh, Mr. goodcat says 31 to 13 Texas uh, we get another 24 to 13 Texas 31-13. We, we're getting closer to the cover getting closer and uh, I believe the special teams get it done and we win 38-14. wonderful so we do get a we do get a cover there we do get one cover. Keep sending those in, guys. 512-447-3776. Your predictions, why you believe we will get there. If you have concerns, if you think this is why we're going to win so big or if this is why it's going to be close, send that in on the text line. 512-447-3776. We're going to get into some NFL picks, some World Series predictions, some NBA full season predictions. Uh, If you have any of those, any questions, anything you want to hit up, and want to talk more about on the show, you know, we try and stick to what you guys want to talk about on the text line, 512-447-3776. We're gonna take a break when we come back, hour two of the sports complex. We're giving you up to Vandegrift football at six forty-five. Uh, but until then, you got us talking right here on the sports complex on the Horn 1019 AM twelve sixty, the Horn App and Hornfm.com.